You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Okay, y'all, I am so excited about today's conversation. You loved the episode with Jessica Hoddle, all about marriage and making the most of your marriage back in episode 122. And so I wanted to bring you another amazing marriage conversation. And today's, ooh, it checks the box. I'm sitting down today with Jamie Ivy to talk all things marriage and how the heck do we sign up and how the heck do we show up when marriage gets hard. We live in like a super romantic society, I feel like, where we have great television, we have great books and everything to hype up marriage, and I love it. Marriage is beautiful. But I think a lot of times, we don't have many people showing up and talking about how marriage is a choice. We have to choose discipline, and sometimes even have to choose to desire and to like one another. That's just real life. And while marriage is hard, and sometimes, especially today, it gets a really bad rap, it can also be exciting and loving and satisfying, Christ-honoring and super-lasting. I introduced y'all to Jamie back in September, but today she has a new resource she wants to share with you guys. Jamie and her husband, Aaron, have actually created incredible resources for you guys all about marriage. Whether you're dating, engaged, or married yourself, this is for you. They've put in the work, they've been married for 20 years, they've asked hard questions, and now they're sharing real-life funny stories along the way with scripture and biblical wisdom to provide you with your own perspective on 10 different themes that we see in marriage. So if you are in a hard spot, if you are in your honeymoon season, if you recently got engaged, you've been engaged and your wedding's been delayed because hashtag 2020, or you're desiring marriage one day and you want to have the tools and the equipment to do it well, then this episode is for you. Jamie, welcome back to Behind the Bliss. We're so excited to have you again. I'm glad to be back. It always makes me feel super loved, so thank you. Of course. I'm like, I'll take all the chats with Jamie I can get. (laughs) If y'all listening don't know, Jamie also has a podcast called The Happy Hour, and she joined us for a conversation back in September about her book, UBU. But today, she's back and better than ever, and I'm just thrilled to talk all the marriage things with you, wife to wife. Let's do this oh, thing. <laughs> let's do this. And first of all, you said September. I was like, feels like that was 17 years ago that we chatted. Right? And it was just like seven months ago. It's so crazy. I think through this past year, and I think on some days it crawled by. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, that seems forever ago. And then other days you think back to specific memories and you're like, no way that was in September. That just I happened. Know. Like I remember sitting at my kitchen table recording that with you. So and crazy. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess it depends on the day. <laughs> if it yes, blew by yes. or if it's crawling, who knows? Right. But a lot's been happening in the meantime with you. Lots of fun projects. We're going to talk about one of them today. Oh, I'm so but excited. Would you, yeah, share with us what you've been up to in the meantime since we got to chat last. Well, I had that fun project, UBU, that came out, which is just such a overflow of my heart for women. And my husband, Aaron, and I wrote a book. Uh, We actually finished it like right when quarantine happened is when we were having to like turn in our final manuscript. So, I mean, that feels like forever ago that we finished this project, but it is a book on marriage and we swore we would never write a book on marriage. Uh, And here we are. (laughs) Here (laughs) you are. I'm not sure how this happened, but uh, it's about marriage, but it's not a like 
Rachel, it's not a, here are the five things that we do awesome that you should do as well. Um, I would appreciate someone to tell me the five things they do awesome and then maybe they would help my marriage. But it's more of just, it's very story driven, just about how we've seen God has really, you know, great big plans for marriages and that they can be, they can be something other than boring and bland. That's what we want. And so, yeah, that's our new project. It's so exciting. It is exciting and refreshing. I can't tell you how refreshing. I mean, being a married woman, I look for resources all the time for myself or for my friends, my engaged friends, my single friends, just to be able to prep for what mm. <laughs> what marriage is because yeah. there's a lot people don't tell you, not because it's a secret, but you can't know it till you're in it kind of thing. Yeah. But this I'm so excited about because it's going to be a resource where, yes, like you said, it's not five steps to making your marriage more lively or anything. Mm-hmm. Those That are those empty like practical promises. It's more of just like a, hey, we're in this with you. Which is, yeah. oh, that's the message I think we all need to hear is we get it. I hope so. I hope so. We're hopeful for it. I believe it. I'm here for it. Yay. <laughs> I'm like, I'll gush about it. No worries. But for people that don't know you or haven't yet listened to the podcast back in September, here's a short little spark notes. You're a wife, obviously. You're a mama of four. You have that podcast of your own. All the things. Funny though, because I feel like a lot of what you've been doing in authorship and podcast world and all the things hasn't yet included Aaron mm. and I think it's so funny you were like it ended we finished right as quarantine hit and in my mind I was like praise God because if someone assigned me a project for my husband in the middle of that freaking pandemic who knows I don't oh even my think gosh listen Rachel so we also worked on another project together in the middle of quarantine we had actually started this project at the end of 2019 so it was like a bigger project we did a series of a podcast together and just did one series together. We're going to do another one, but we started that in 2019 and we had to finish it up together in 2020. And it's funny because 2020, um, was so difficult for everyone. Like no one was without trial within the last year. Some were major, you know, some included death, some included sickness, financial, um, struggles, but no one left 2020 without some bruises and cuts. And for us, 2020 was one of our hardest years in marriage, um, which kind of goes back to like, I said, I would never do a marriage book. And this is why, you know, like Satan's like, okay, I'm coming for you. I got you. I got your number. Um, but I look back and I think, man, I'm, I'm, it was hard. And I see that we were on the tail end of finishing this project. And we really had to say, Hey, we really believe these words to be true. And we really do think it's worth fighting for your marriage because we had to like use some marriage muscles that we had not had to use before because of circumstances and everyone had to go through that. And so I think I just want to say up front, like I get marriage being hard. Like I get the struggles. I get, um, I get the feelings. And so we're coming, we're coming to the table going, yeah, we get it. And here's why we still believe that marriage is good and worth it and fun and can be vibrant. Yes, the even if kind of situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you posted something about this a few weeks ago I read, and you just, you just were flat out honest with all the people, and I appreciated it. It was just about how 2020 was really hard, and y'all were really mm-hmm. angry, <laughs> and there's a lot mm-hmm. of things that you felt unnoticed in, and he did too as well, and that's just life. And I thought it was so beautiful because uh, when we only talk about the really fun parts of marriage, one, it's not the full scope. So that's not very fair. But two, it can leave other people in a really dangerous position because that's now their expectation, Mm -hmm. whether they're in marriage already and it doesn't look like that, 
Or if they are outside of marriage, you just set up another Hollywood failure situation for them Mm -hmm. to believe in. And what's so cool about, I mean, this is behind the bliss podcast, right? So we love talking about the messier parts and how God gets glory even still that even if thing, but it is neat because it shows how mighty God is, how beautiful the promises he has for us still can be. Yeah, I I totally agree. And, you know, I think that it's easy for people who would, you know, be a little bit more public, which I guess you could say Aaron and I would be that way. It would be easy for us to just not want to bring those things to the table. Um, And by the table, I mean like public, like Instagram or podcast or conversations or books. Like it would just be easier to not talk about those things. And honestly, like no one is demanding that you put your whole life on Instagram either. I mean, you know, so there's like that. (laughs) Um, But we don't roll that way. Like we kind of like to keep it real, but I want to encourage people like, like I, I love that you were encouraged by that post and I got so many encouraging messages back from that. But what I want is I want everyone to know is that before that message like went out publicly, like I've been having conversations with my friends about how hard marriage is from the get go from last Mm -hmm. March. And so I think it's, you know, one of the conversations that I'm always having, and we probably talked about it last time a little bit is like having that community that can really support you. And so even us looking around at our friends' marriages, knowing the struggles, knowing the triumphs, knowing the good days, knowing the bad days, it gives us this clearer view of marriage and how we can fight for it without only thinking you know what marriage is by what people put on Instagram. And so it's like this thin line that I'm always trying to figure out. Rachel is like, okay, how do I be like, because I love vulnerability, like I love it so much. And I think it's important. And I, I see my platform as a way to, um, to you model that some, but also I need everyone to know, like those conversations happened for me and my girlfriends many months before they ever became public. Right. And so again, yeah. I always go back to who's in your life, who's pouring into you, who do you trust with your, with your emotions, with your ideas, with your thoughts, with your problems. And so I hope that's an encouragement to someone that like, if your marriage is hard, like find people to walk through that fire with you and people who are committed to walking through the fire with you and not just bailing or telling you to bail. You know, I think it's important. Yes. Yes. Okay. So with all this being said, is there one thing that you're like, man, I wish people knew this about marriage that you've learned recently or that you guys have written in this beautiful study compliment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I didn't really understand, um, Aaron and I were just talking about this the other day. I didn't understand getting married. I mean, I was 23 when I got married, which is young, you know, I was 23. Um, Aaron and I were still in college. It took us a while, but that's another story for another day, but we were both still in college. (laughs) We get that. I got married (laughs) at 21. My husband was 23. We were like children. It's great. Oh, and we were back and we were living the life. I mean, we'd wake up on Saturday mornings and just lay in bed and watch TV. I mean, which is, it was a different time, right? So we got married so young and, and, you know, marriage always for the most part, there's probably extenuating circumstances. It starts out beautiful. You're in love. You chose to marry this person. You love them. You have fun with them. Like you want to be with them. And I think the thing that I wasn't prepared for and that I thought that's not going to be true for Aaron and I is I wasn't prepared for how much actual work it does take in your marriage because this summer will be 20 years for us. We have four teenagers. Um, We both have full-time jobs. Um, we both travel in our jobs. I mean, the list is long of things that we have in our life, just like a lot of your listeners as well. Um, and so I wasn't fully prepared of how much I would have to think about my marriage. Uh, you know, and on the flip side, someone could be like, well, if you have to think about it that much, like it must not be easy. And honestly, I'd be like, it's not easy. Like, I don't think it's easy to continue 
uh, to be in love and to continue to put someone in front of yourself and to can you continue to want to nourish something when I also have four children that need me a lot, when I also have a career, when I also have friends. And so I don't think I fully understood the amount of maybe even mental work and emotional and spiritual, all of it that would go into continuing to love someone after 20 years. Um, and we've, we do that. We're continuing to do that. And I think that's one of the things that has helped us continue to, to be for each other. And I mean, listen, it's not, doesn't mean continue to be easy. It just means continue to be for each other and for this marriage that we have. Oh, I love it. Yes. Yes. This is speaking to myself. We are, four and a half years into this thing. And so Congrats. it's so, always so, thanks. It's always so fun though, to sit underneath other women that I admire and are wise and can act as a counsel from afar or near in my life mm-hmm. and give me a lot of these moments of truth, these little nuggets, like you're saying, I love what you're saying earlier about marriage muscles that are needing to yeah. be worked and how encouraging it is for me that I'm like, okay, so good. <laughs> Cause it doesn't come natural quote unquote for me either. To put somebody first, to think yeah. of them before your own, I, I mean, it, it takes discipline and, and yep. it's a choice. And so yep. good thing it's not just me, right? <laughs> right. Okay. I want to maybe speak to the friend who's listening today who is in a really hard, a harder place in marriage. You talk a lot about baggage in this new study and what we bring into marriage is going to have to be dealt with in marriage. And I want you just to dive into that personally like what did you and Aaron see did was that something that you guys felt followed you or was it handled beforehand yeah so for me coming into our marriage um I had like grown up in church forever and started following Jesus when I was 21 and then we got married at 23 so I would have called myself a very knowledgeable new believer if that makes sense is that I knew uh, all the yeah. things I knew all the right words I knew the lingo I was very church like I could handle myself in a church right I've been there my whole life But I was a new Christian, as in I'm actually living my life for something bigger than myself, for Jesus. And so coming in, I brought a lot of baggage to the table, um, just like sexual baggage, you know, started really gave my life to him at 21, but had been living like the world or like anyone else, you know, since I was 16. And so, and then I marry a pastor who I'm the first girl he ever kissed. And so I I was like, okay, we're, we're on two different things, two different planets here. (laughs) Um, so for me, I had to deal with so much baggage of thinking Aaron deserves better, or I'm not enough, or, um, I don't know how we'll do ministry with a story like mine. And, you know, I'm 20 years removed. I can almost giggle at that because I think, man, those were not my biggest problems, but they were so (laughs) real and so big to me at the time. And so I had to walk through a lot of that. And, you know, I mean, gosh, I keep saying Aaron, I talked about this last night because we went on a date last night. So we had a lot of words in, Um, but we talked about last night too, is that there are things in my personal life that I experienced um, as, you know, a young adult before um, I met him that still are challenges in our marriage today. And so, you know, we had a conversation about it last night. And I think that's one of the thing, the things that's hard to is being willing to open yourself up to this person who you can show them the good, the bad, the ugly, the emotions that you can start to believe that aren't true. And you can lay all this on the table in front of them. And then you have to trust them with it. And I think that's something that, 
Aaron and I have even grown more in in the last decade of just like, I, I'm going to trust you more than like, I just trust you because I marry you or, or for me, you know, I don't pay the bills because I, I, I would choose to like go on vacation rather than pay our mortgage. And so Aaron <laughs> took that over a long time ago. But even like the little things of like, I trust you with our money or I trust this. But for us of growing into like, I trust you with my emotions and it feels so scary. I think you even keep doing that the longer you're married. And so that's probably something that was a little bit of baggage for both of us on different areas is, is being willing to say, I trust you with the things that I'm afraid of. I trust you with the things that like I'm scared to talk about. And so that is an intimacy that is developed, I think, more and more every year, which I think is beautiful because you start to think like, could we become any more intimate with our emotions and feelings? And you actually do, you know, the more that you trust people trust your spouse with the things that you're feeling um, every single year that you're married is just developing intimacy and intimacy with them that you wouldn't have had without having to trust them more. And I think that's something I'm still learning. Yes. Oh, this is good. And I'm so glad you use the word intimacy with that because I think that was one of my biggest misconceptions coming into marriage, like intimacy is for the bedroom. Uh (laughs) And I never imagined it like being beyond and being so much more complex and it really just being about pure connection between our hearts and our bodies but like really it has to start with hey I like I want to know you like I want Mm -hmm. to I want to know you and understand you and that I love I love this picture of intimacy it's allowing someone into those inner spaces that man are scary to have to show and open up but when we're provided that safe space and when we can be that safe space for someone else, yeah, beautiful, yeah. intimate things will start you to know, flourish. Rachel, talking about intimacy there, I think that's also this kind of, like you admitted, this kind of misconception. And I think it's very common is to think like that that intimacy level is deepest and like the grandest that it will be through like a sexual connection. And honestly, like the longer you're married, I mean – just a little like, you know, I, I don't know if this is like a, a buzzkill or what, but like 20 years in with four teenagers, like these kids are always awake and they're always here and sex is <laughs> different than yeah. when they were in bed at 630 every night. And so that intimacy that you're longing for, like emotionally and spiritually, that is like sustaining in some years of your marriage that you just didn't have an idea of how it would be. I think, too, I want to, like, stay on this little sex topic for a hot second, no pun intended, about (laughs) just this idea of intimacy and connection. And I think a lot of my friends that have recently gotten married, um, and I don't know if this has always been the case or if it's just because we live in a hyper-sexualized world, but um, are really struggling with feeling like they can or they even desire to connect in the bedroom. And one of the things we always circle back to is, like, but does it happen outside of the bed? Like, is it is it? deeper than sex or is it just sex that you feel like you have to show up in this intimate way and I think that what we're talking about is that answer I'm like I think it's an overflow like what how you can experience that together physically whenever you feel that safe space and the vulnerability emotionally first too yeah yeah and I mean I've had friends also walk through those same um, situations and trials with sex in their marriage and and again, I'm not a, a, you know, a counselor or a doctor or anything. So just take all this with a grain of salt. But some things that they've done that have been super helpful is again, I mean, I feel like a broken record here of not going, not walking through this alone, like seeking a counselor, seeking a doctor, yeah. like what is like, like, don't feel like, man, there must be something wrong with me. I'm broken. And so I'll right. just kind of 
keep this to myself and this will be like our little secret that's just between us is that, you know, I'm struggling in this area. But I think it's there's a beauty when you can say, hey, I would like to get some input in here. And like maybe there's some counseling or a medical or whatever it might be or just girlfriends to encourage you and talk you through that. Um, you know, and also like we do live in a sex hypersexual culture and I think sex is beautiful and I think God created it for a purpose. I think there's also seasons where sex is difficult. And just to let me say, that's okay. You know, like that's okay. Um, but I think having a conversation about it, like that it's difficult is where I think, well, not having a conversation about it is where I think it can get extremely difficult on the couple. Um, whether whichever one of them, husband or wife, because we always assume it's a wife and that's not always true, uh, might be in a difficult season of connecting sexually with intimacy. Uh, but I think talking about it and having that safe space is where the real change can happen and you feel safe, you know, like being intimate, someone is like, you're trusting them with everything, whether that's emotionally or sexually or mentally or spiritually, you're saying, I trust you. And so someone needs to feel safe for that to happen. And I think that you start to feel safe when you have conversations about it. Yeah. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier about um, needing to connect and like share and be able to feel like you can share those emotions with somebody and open up in ways that, you know, 20 years you have to or else every <laughs> things have to fizzle. If I mean, things will fizzle if you don't open up something else that's beyond what we can experience here physically. And that's what's so cool about having a marriage that is bonded in unity first with Christ is like, oh, this cool idea that there's so much more beyond us that we have to steward or that we have responsibility over. Okay, so I feel like, though, that when circumstances are easy, it's really it's really fun to be friends with your spouse. Like we were saying, laying in bed on Saturday mornings, watching yeah. TV, like going on fun dates. But then whenever tough times hit... Of course, you're like, well, you're, I don't want to be your friend right now. <laughs> there has to be something deeper that's rooted you more than just friendship. And that's what makes yeah. marriage so different. And I kind of want to hear what you and Aaron have experienced being friends, being pals, working on projects together, but also having something a little bit deeper that roots you to a different yeah. foundation, which is marriage. Yeah. I mean, I always say like uh, the greatest thing Aaron can say to me is when he says, I really like you um, because – I know that he loves me and we're committed. And so love is like commitment and love. It's like, you just kind of have to, right? Like, but when Aaron is like, I really like being with you, that is something that feels so special because it's a, it's a choice. And, you know, when <laughs> early in quarantine, I, there were a lot of days I did not like Aaron. Like I was literally was like, I don't want right. to talk to you today, you know, <laughs> and I don't even want to look at you or be around you. And, um, I mean, it's funny that I'm laughing about it, but there were some really, really hard days, Rachel. And it took, um, it took both of us. We would get to a point where we would go, I don't like feeling like this about you or towards you. And so for me, it was as in this felt so um, foreign to me, the way that I felt towards him, that I knew mm -hmm. I didn't want to stay there. Um, it felt so... Um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Because it just felt, it felt like not us. Like that's, that's the thing I kept saying is like, it felt like we kind of left our bodies and went somewhere else mm -hmm. and then we're mad at each other. And so for me, that friendship, that foundation um, of liking him, it, it spurred me back to wanting that. 
Another thing right. that I think that we can't discount is like, you know, we, we read our scriptures, you know, we read Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We read the, the fruits of the spirit that we want. We read all of these things and think, yes, I want to be like Jesus. I want to love like Jesus. I want to give like Jesus. I want to serve like Jesus. And we would kind of come to a moment where I would, or, or I'll speak for myself. I would come to a moment where I would realize I am so far from Christ-likeness right now that it's disgusting. Like, mm. I wouldn't think about or treat my worst enemy like this. Like, I, I, I want to be a kind person. Like, I, I, am, I am a kind person. But for some reason, I felt in this moment that Aaron had done me so wrong that I got a pass on treating him the way God asked us to treat people. Mm, that's so good. for me, there was also this moment of like, I don't get to just pick to be like Jesus when Aaron makes me happy. Like I have to choose to be like Jesus in all circumstances. And a lot of times people have those experiences either in their workplace or, you know, when your kids get older and, and, and they say crazy, like you think, okay, I got to be like Jesus right now. So you might have it with your parents or your siblings or workplace or your sorority house or whatever it might be. And then you get into your marriage and you think, I don't get a pass. Like I still have to be true to the words of Christ and how I treat people, even when I don't like the way they're treating me. And so for me in those moments, there was this remembering of how much I do like him that I would remind myself. And there was also this calling. I mean, I'll give credit to where credit is due, the Holy Spirit, you know, of yeah. really kind of tugging at my heart and saying, wait, 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 wait little girl, this is not how we treat people. This is not what we do as followers of Jesus. And so not to over-spiritualize it, but really to say, man, if I look at my marriage and I put it next to the words of Jesus and I don't treat that person the way he asked me to, then something's wrong. And that was a really big, um, almost weekly reminder of I don't get to choose how I choose Aaron, no matter how he's treating me. Like I have to treat him the way Jesus would. And I failed a lot. He failed a lot. And man, listen, Rachel, I mean, it feels funny that we talk about 2020, like it was the worst and it was, but I'll tell you this. We, um, we communicated more last year than we ever had. Uh, we forgave more. We said, I'm sorry more. Uh, we love deeper now than we did in January of 2020. And yeah. so that was, difficult and hard and God used it to show us so much about God's character and so much about um, the kind of people that we want to be to each other. You know, I think there's nothing wrong. You know, people make these dream boards all the time. Like I want to go here on vacation. I think there's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, what kind of wife do I want to be? And what the kind of wife I don't want to be is the one that showed up a couple days in 2020. I don't want to be her. Like that's not who God created me to be. I don't want to treat Aaron that way. And so for me to remember, what do I, how do I want to be? And then make myself be that way, not because I'm awesome and in my own strength, but by this power of Jesus, you know, to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And be able to tap into that. Yeah. 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 And it's not yes. because I'm awesome because I'm not like I would choose myself way more times, but God is so clear that we have the power to do things because of Jesus. And so when we, when we ask him and we beg him, um, he shows up, he just, that's how awesome he is. Mm -hmm. I'm so curious. Do you feel like you've seen maybe even red flags? Like there's something, something that comes up or you see like a start of this weird characteristic of yourself or 
uh, weird behavior. You can like feel it in your heart like, oh, I've got to settle something with Aaron right now. And then how do you do that? Because I feel like a lot of times when I have those moments too, because Jamie, I found myself there where I'm like, I do not like you. Mm. And I'm not going to like put your leftovers in the fridge. I'm only going <laughs> to put my leftovers in the fridge. Like that kind of moment. I'm mm-hmm. like, who am I? Oh my yeah. goodness. Like that, that's disgusting. Really like rocks me. But I notice that a lot of times when it gets to that point, it's been a collection of several other things. So I'm starting to be more attuned to my flesh (laughs) like it's not fun but I feel like it is exactly this practice you're saying of dying to yourself and saying holy spirit like I need your help like I need you to show up but do you feel those red flags come up before it gets to points like that and of course it's always going to get to those bigger moments of Mm -hmm. frustration but with these 20 years surely maybe you know you've been able to feel them creep up Yes. You know, yes. And so, um, circumstances come into our life and make things difficult. And the most times when I've seen that I've reacted poorly or I've gotten upset or I get to a point where I'm like, I don't feel like I like Aaron. It's when circumstances are there, but it's also when I am not practicing, um, like honesty with Aaron. And so Mm. one of the things that I've talked with my counselor a lot about is how I would rather not say anything like, like if Aaron frustrated me, and listen, we're two humans living together. So people are going to frustrate each other. <laughs> right. Like, let's just be honest. This is inevitable. So, yes, it's inevitable. But for me, I like want to just keep the peace. And so I would rather not say anything and just think, well, I'll just need to pull myself up by my bootstraps. Like you can do this, Jamie. Come on. Like, it's not a big deal. And then like something else will happen. And I'll hold it in. And then like the smallest thing will happen. And then it, I'll blow up. And she, we've been talking about how like, for me to not trust Aaron with giving him the information of how I'm feeling uh, because I don't want to like make him upset or I don't want, you know, to rock the boat, but there's this, what you're lacking when you do that, what I'm learning about myself is this, this, it's the lack of communication. And so I'm not even giving Aaron the opportunity to repent, say he's sorry, mm-hmm. or even point out anything. Like there's no opportunity for anyone. And so a red flag for me, like you were asking, like noticing is, am I refusing to bring my feelings to the table because I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to have a conversation, the kit, whatever, fill in the blank. And usually it plays out that the third time I'm going to blow up and it's not that big of a deal. And so I'm, you know, Aaron, and I talk about this a lot of like, okay, so if Aaron's frustrated with me, I want him to be able to tell me that and me not feel like I have to fix it or change it or whatever. Like, I just want to hear what he's saying. Apologize if I need to. And then we move on, you know, like that instead of there's not going to be this anger or fear or whatever. And so for me, it's like, okay, a red flag of trust your husband with what you're feeling, like trust, Mm -hmm. trust him with what you're feeling, trust that you're going to give him the opportunity to respond correctly. And that's what I'm learning as well. But it's one of those moments where I'm like, okay, let's talk about this before it turns into something bigger. That's good. Yes. It's funny you say that our uh, counselor told us something similar, a little different, but similar lines of like, choose to believe the best about each other. And that is yep. sharing something and choosing to believe that they're not going to get offended, that they'll choose love anyways. But yeah. when you like decide, oh, I'm not going to tell Thomas that because he might get upset. You're, you're choosing to believe that he's going to act in his own insecurity, which isn't so believing good, the Rachel. best about him. Yep. And I'm like, so shoot. Good. Yep. 
Yep. We've talked about that a lot in the, in the past couple months of just like, man, we want to be committed to each other that we choose to think the best of them. You know, like I want to be committed that, you know, if Aaron, I'm just going to make something up here. I don't know. Like if Aaron says I'll be home at five, you know, like, <laughs> and then it's like six, I want to choose that. Like he had a really good reason for not being home at five. Like he said, instead of assuming, Oh, he loves his job more than he loves me or whatever mm-hmm. kind of dumb rabbit mm-hmm. trail I would go down, you know, and then to choose the best that changes so much. I love to hear that your counselor said that to you guys. It's just fun when you hear somebody else down the road that's saying it too. You're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> affirmation, totally. Mm-hmm. And how funny too that like, oh, the enemy is so sneaky. And I think that's what he tries to do is to silence us, keep us lonely, isolated, believe the worst about each other and even believe the worst about ourselves to get us to a point where we won't speak up. We yeah. we won't dive into unity. We won't chase intimacy or choose discipline and it holds us back from this whole idea of marriage on mission, which is really what marriage is about. Like it's not about yeah. feeling loved. It's not about finding comfort. It's not about joining incomes. It's bigger than that. Like it, it's to be on mission and expand the kingdom together. And I want to hear, cause you guys are doing some really neat mission minded things together and expanding these tent poles with one another. And it is so fun to watch. And I want to hear kind of some of the behind the scenes of what it takes, what it's like, what you're loving, all the things about marriage on mission. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is one of the reasons that made us want to write this book is a lot of people would say like, how do you guys do it all? Or they'd ask like, okay, who's actually in charge? Like, I think people were like, I don't know why we get that question all the time. I'm like, what do you mean actually? Because I go to work. I don't even know what that means, but we would get these questions and, or they would say like, you know, yeah, exactly. I'm like, we both wear pants first of all. (laughs) Um, Or they would ask Aaron, like, you know, do you feel like Jamie doesn't support you because she's not like a quote unquote typical, this is very stereotypical what I'm about to say, but like stay at home pastor's wife, again, very, very stereotypical. Like I'm, I'm brushing a wide stroke here. I don't think that's true, but So we would get these questions and, you know, we just got to thinking, man, the thing is we are now and have always had the same mission with each other. Like we have the Mm -hmm. same mission as parents, as people who are married in ministry is we want more people to know about Jesus and for him to get all the glory. And so for us, we look at our entire lives as this kind of teammate, um, like, like we're, we're, we're on the same team, you know, we're, we're pushing towards the same goal. We do that in different ways. We do it with different gifts. We do that with different abilities. Uh, we each bring great things to the table as parents and we pull up the other one when they're, you know, falling down. And so I feel like our mission is so team oriented. Like I even say like, you know, team Ivy is what we're, what I call ourselves over here. And I think that when, as a couple, when even if you're not both in ministry, like if, if someone's a coach and someone's a banker or whatever, like you still are on the same mission together. Like we're pushing the same thing forward. I cheer for him and what he's doing. He cheers for me and what I'm doing. And um, that mission, it hasn't changed in 20 years. It won't change in the next 20, no matter what our life looks like. And I think that's been foundational for us is to realize we're on the same team. Like, like I, I need Aaron and he needs me, even though our eight to five never crosses. Um, but we need each other to be for each other so that our team thrives. I love the thrive. The thrive yeah. is where it's at. And yeah, not just to go through the motions and to be roommates and to make dinner for one another and sit down and eat. It's like a 
there's there's got to be more. And I think there's a lot of people listening that have been searching for that more and that new level. And um, I think that this conversation, at least for me, and sounds like the resource that you guys have come up with together, Compliment, is exactly that, just to aid people in thriving and to share places that you feel like y'all have thrived, places you wish you would have thrived differently, and all of the above. Yeah. And I mean, we just want to be like, we're here cheering for you guys, like whether you're dating and reading these resources or, or engaged or married or thinking about whatever, like we want to, to feel as though look at my friends, Aaron and Jamie, they're for me. They're cheering me on. And so with, with, with the book, with the Bible study, with the marriage challenge online, like everything is for us to just go, Hey, we see value in this. We think it's important. We also know it's so stinking hard sometimes. Um, and there's going to be days you want to give up and there's going to be days that you think, God, did you mess up? Uh, but we also believe that God has power in marriages, you know, and, and we're really clear. Like we don't think like God's greatest gift to his people is marriage. No, like we have plenty of people who are single and plenty of people who have chosen singleness for their whole life, but we do think it's one of God's greatest gifts. And so because we're married, uh, we are like, want to just cheer other people on in their marriages. Oh, I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for you. Thank you. And if someone wanted to get their hands on all of this and become a part of all of this wonderful things that you and Aaron are doing, where can they do so? Super easy. Aaron and Jamie There's information there about the book, the Bible study, the marriage challenge that we're super excited about for this year. And so it's all there. I love it. Okay. One more question. I know it's one of your favorites. What's something that you are loving these days that you would want our friends listening to know about? Okay. So in last year, uh, this, I'm very late to the game. I feel like I feel like that your your old aunt just called you to tell you something she's loving, and you're gonna tell Stop. me, <laughs> Jamie. What? I'm loving. Oh, I'm thinking of all these things I'm loving right now. Um, but one of the things is last November we were going on a trip to the beach, and I bought some plastic Birkenstocks. Um, and I thought I'll just wear these to the beach, and then I didn't take them off the, every day for 2020. Right? It was like, and now right. I just got myself some real ones. And I yes. love them so much. I wear them every single day. And so I'm like very late to the Birkenstock train, but I love them. But I do have to tell you, can I tell you one more thing? Can I pick two? Of course. Okay, so Aaron and I just watched this show, Defending Jacob. Have you seen it? Wait, no, never even heard of it. Are you kidding? Adding it to the list. You, we finished it last week and I have every single person I've had a conversation with in the past week. I, I work it in to ask them if they've seen it. Nobody has. I need to discuss this show so badly, uh, but... I watched that and we loved it. I guess he's a teenager, a teen boy, allegedly um, murders one of his classmates. And then it's like, I think it's like six episodes. Um, it is, it's good. We liked it. Netflix, Amazon Prime. Where can we find it? Oh, I don't know where we watched it. It might've been an Apple thing. Hulu, Apple TV. Okay, we'll find it. We will Maybe. link it in the show notes because yeah. that sounds, that sounds like a thriller. It was good. I think it's on Apple. Like you have to probably buy it, which is bummer, but. Yeah. Womp womp. But worth it. But worth, but worth it. it. Hey, we're not going Love to the movies it. right now. So you can buy this <laughs> as if right. it's a movie date. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the entertainment budget. Yes. 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 I love it. Well, Jamie, thank you again so much for this conversation. It is oh so insightful. I'm so excited about compliment and all the things that you and Aaron are doing. I am on your team. Mm. And I'm so grateful you joined us today. We're grateful for the work you're doing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode. Thank you.